This edition of Coffee with Craig and James is brought to you by Ingram Micro. Ingram Micro is a proud sponsor of the Channel Futures MSP501, the best and most comprehensive survey and ranking of managed service providers worldwide. And here we go. That's outstanding, like a farmer in his field. Well, if that isn't some juicy content. Indeed. Circle gets the square. I'm going to pull some fast gotcha questions. Carry on, James. Carry on. You know what, Craig? That's a good call. If it's real, well, I don't want to It is another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, our esteemed news editor, one of the great Andersons in the history of the world, Mr. James Anderson. James. Mr. Anderson. How are you? Just grateful to be in such esteemed company, not only uh, of yourself, but uh, of, of those who share my, my last namesake. Uh, it truly is... A last name I bear with great responsibility. <laughs> Who are some of the great Andersons uh, from the past that you respect the most? Well, you know, obviously Wes Anderson, uh, my favorite oh, yeah. filmmaker, you know, makes some some very fun movies. Uh, to go with the first name, Anderson Cooper, uh, oh. that guy's got the, the most iconic silver hair. Yeah. We got uh, Hans Christian Andersen. I mean, oh, his classic. stories are the foundation of almost every Disney movie. And how could you forget James Anderson, the uh, one of the greatest cricket players of all time? Do you know there's a, a great cricket player named James Anderson? I didn't know that, but it's interesting you mention that because there's also a Craig Galbraith uh, who is a soccer player over in the UK. I guess he's on one of the big teams. I can't remember, but uh, he's about the most famous of my namesakes. Yeah, and obviously there's, uh, I don't know if I can mention this, but there's another James Anderson that works for our parent company, Informa, um, <laughs> who, who was working at the company before I joined. Uh, for my email address, they inserted my middle name, which I won't tell you. Um, it's probably at the bottom <laughs> of this article, though. But uh, he would get all of my emails. So yeah. the poor guy did not work in business technology. He, he, had, he developed his own signature. Um, that he would attach to every email he sent where it's like, hey, I'm not the James Anderson you're looking for. I don't want to write about telecom, you know. So I feel bad for that guy. I haven't heard from him in a while. I hope he's okay. <laughs> I'm sure he probably is. Yeah. Uh, what about, So what other uh, famous Galbraiths do you know? So, you know, there aren't a lot out there, but John Kenneth Galbraith, he was uh, in the Kennedy administration. He was a big uh, economist. Uh, he was also the ambassador to India. I believe, while John F. Kennedy was president. So he's probably the, the one that people are most familiar with. And maybe the other one is a Robert Galbraith, who is actually the pseudonym for a J.K. Rowling. You know, she did the, the books, the mysteries after the uh, Harry Potter books. And I don't know how well those were received, but she used the pseudonym Galbraith. So so I've got that going for me. That's right. I, yeah. 
is there an Edward Galbraith? It, that just sounds right, you know? Uh, you know, there very well could be. I'm sure there are probably dozens of them around the country and uh, maybe even hundreds around the world. If hand, you were to even hand, but, uh, even hand. Yeah, nobody, nobody that I know. Uh, uh, for sure, but I probably have some distant relative uh, named Edward. Yeah, who knows? Okay, so enough of that. Uh, we're like 10 minutes in now discussing that nonsense. Uh, as you may have guessed from the very beginning of this podcast, this is a big one. We are once again dedicating this cast to the Channel Futures MSP501, the world's best and most comprehensive survey and ranking of managed service providers worldwide. Worldwide, eh? So if I'm an MSP in Europe. Uh, does that mean I can apply for this list? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it doesn't matter where in the world you have your business. Well, so if my MSP is in Australia. Oh, okay. All right. I see what you're doing. This is an old bit I used to harass Kevin with uh, back when he was the co-host. You know, the least you could do, James, is bring up something tired that isn't stolen. Oh, I. my bad. You got me. Yeah, no, I'd never listened to this podcast before I was on it. Okay, so back to the 501. Uh, we've already received a tremendous number of applications. So the competition this year could be unlike any we have ever seen. Time, however, is running out. The deadline to get that application in is just around the corner, May 24th. And it's important that you don't delay. You know, Craig, you mentioned how that application is comprehensive. And you know, I've taken a look at that. It is, it's pretty long and requires a sign-off on your financials. So... It's not something that you're just going to knock out in like 30 minutes. So we encourage you to start tackling that thing right away. And it is well worth it to be on the most prestigious list of MSPs in the world. Yeah, it's a big one. 30 minutes. I, I think you got through the company fishing training in like three minutes. That's why they're always after you. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm like 50% on our fishing tests this year. <laughs> All right. As of now, we're planning to roll this list out around the last week of June in a multi-day behemoth of an extravaganza. Of course, in addition to issuing the rankings, we follow that up with some in-depth reporting throughout the year, uh, breaking down the numbers to show some industry trends that MSPs and the vendors they work with will follow closely in the coming year. And that's a great segue to talk about our first guest, Craig. Another Craig that we're going to be talking to, Craig Weir from Ingram Micro, is going to join us in just a moment to discuss trends impacting not only MSPs, but our entire partner audience in just a bit. Yeah, James, he's also going to get us caught up on any updates the distributor has for how it works with partners. Uh, but it should be noted when you say join us, you are again trying to buffalo our audience. Uh, in fact, you were off the day of that interview. So I, someone who would never think about taking a vacation day because of my dedication to this work, will be handling it solo. Well, I hope it was a lot of fun, Craig. I had a pretty good time in Michigan. No regrets over here. So, <laughs> Craig, I'm looking at our itinerary for this podcast, mm -hmm. and it looks like we've got an interview with, I don't, I don't understand. We've we have an interview with LeBron? You didn't prepare for this again, right? Oh, I see. Okay. Paco LeBron, founder and CEO of Prodigy Techs, which ranked number four on our 2020 MSP 501 list, will share his experience of being on the 501 and discuss some of the issues facing him and other MSPs today. That interview is coming up with Paco and Allison Francis, our MSP 501 editor. 
Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. This LeBron is really much better fit for our podcast anyway. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're still going to go hard in the paint. <laughs> yes, yes, that's for sure. Uh, meantime, so in other words, with Allison doing that interview and me doing the Ingram interview, you're just here for the free coffee today? I'm off coffee this week, Craig. I'm. It's oh. more just tea. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, it's just as well anyway, uh, with two Craigs in this next segment, uh, you might have felt a little out of place anyway. Just didn't feel balanced. Uh, I wanted to give the two of you that opportunity to experience the Craig synergies, Craig squared. All right. Really excited to welcome into the coffee house in James absence. Another Craig. We're taking over the world. Craig Weir, director of a global cybersecurity Ingram micro cloud. Craig, how you doing? Fantastic. Craig. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. So, uh, First of all, thank you to Ingram Micro for being such a big supporter of our MSP 501 program. You know, we rolled out a comprehensive report following the release of last year's list. I'd love to hear, uh, since you've taken a look at that, what, what some of the MSP trends uh, you think are worth addressing here in 2021? Yeah, thanks. So it's a great report. Actually, if you could see the video on, on my screen, I do have probably a stack that's four inches tall. And the MSP 501 channel features report is, is, is one of them. Um, nice. And I think it, 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 I look to it regularly, and I honestly, I look to, and I say it sincerely, I look to all these reports with consistency because it continues to outline the same things we continue to see every day and kind of validate that. If we think of the trends, it, a lot of them haven't changed, but they're becoming more accelerated and, and more critical. So the trends are the same in the sense of MSPs are, are managing to deal with the digital transformation and, and the chaos that comes with that. We're seeing more and more the fact that it becomes a behavioral change. Of how do we change our clients' behavior and buying process? Um, COVID has definitely helped with that in the sense of we've been forced to transform faster than ever before, which means security has become more and more critical, but we're all learning that we don't know enough about security to adequately manage our, our, our customers' platform. So we're seeing more and more of new and emerging or uh, blurred lines of what are the technologies that are, are really growing and outpacing and who are the new players? How does that fit both the uh, way consumers want to consume and how partners want to sell. So we're seeing really the, that consumerized approach is really changing the way the market is uh, evolving over this past you know year, year and a half now. Yeah, so let's follow that up uh, then. Obviously, security uh, changing almost every day, uh, if not more often for these MSPs. Uh, let's get into those technology trends a little bit when it comes to cybersecurity. I know multi-cloud is another one that's really hot right now. Uh, discuss those a little bit. Yeah, multi-cloud and cyber are the two hottest areas by far, and they're actually pretty interrelated as well. Uh, if you think about it, everyone kind of had to move from an on-site to remote work environment, which meant the simple things like, you know, like, let's get a user, a laptop, a device, et cetera, work remote anywhere. Um, with the complexity that created was a, a massive uh, gap in our security posture. So if you think about your average end user who probably doesn't have a full-time IT staff, they're leveraging MSP for anything and everything. What we've really seen over the time is technologies like endpoint detection and response, so EDR, uh, MDR, so manage, detect, and respond, and XDR. These areas are really starting to, to expand and become more and more popular this year and moving forward. Things that weren't as popular in the past, like multi-factor authentication or identity access management, that's almost table stakes now. And we can all get frustrated by the amount of times we'll get our phone texted to do a, a multi-factor authentication, but it, it's vitally important because we're seeing more and more and hearing more and more in the news, and probably only, what, 1% of the actual reality, of uh, environments being compromised. 
So if, if you think about it, where we're seeing the, the really the movement is definitely in cyber. And the problem is it's getting very confusing very quickly. You have new players coming on the scene of the market. You have a lot of the legacy incumbents that are trying to change their model and evolve to way consumers want to buy. You have consumers or end customers who are very disconnected in how they're buying and the business groups are making their own decisions and maybe buying a direct app online that the company has no knowledge of or no compliance around. So yeah. security endpoint, you know, changing the network as a whole. And then if you're going to make that multi-cloud move, it's that migration. That's really, really important. So how do you secure that migration? How do you secure that workload is, is really what's capitalizing right now. Yeah, so let's drill down on some uh, managed services for 2021. Uh, what MSP should focus on? Obviously, you're, you're starting to talk about some of its security in the news every day. They're dealing with this now more than ever in the past year with all of those headlines. So talk about some of the big managed services. I'd say at the top of the list, let's say the top five probably are going to be you know, general managed security. So managing your customer's environment, which then goes into endpoint everyone sells endpoint uh, that's a given and now how they sell it and what that technology does is is really changing quickly this year and it becomes more than just the the box we used to sell uh, with a serial key gen on it then moves on to things like how do i manage your network so both north south and east west traffic looking at the actual user so there's the data there's the device there's the user so when it comes to phishing or advanced threat other interesting areas are around security awareness training you know, in Ingram Micro, we have regular emails that go out that are phishing emails that are actually to train our associates of what not to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, learn from mistakes where, hey, we caught you. That was actually, we, we try to trick you. So it, it goes back to the behavior of how do I get individuals to think differently? Uh, and then it goes on about really of how do we look at changing our network as a whole and how do we look at dark web applications and scans? So you're seeing a, a bit of a migration more and more to a lot more endpoint. Definitely this year in 2020 and even 2021, a lot more identity and access management services that are being added on. But you're also seeing a lot more education and training services that our MSPs are providing to their customers, which is which is vitally needed. Yeah. So, Craig, I'll confess, I, I got one of those emails from our company here about a month ago. Uh, you know, I don't think I would have gone through and had put in any of my personal information, but, you know, it looked real. I get, you know, 300 emails a day. So I clicked through and uh, sure enough, you know, it gave me the warning right away and said this could have been a phishing email. And it made me go through, you know, five minutes of a refresher training on that. So it, it's definitely out there. Yeah. It's, it's scary. And then when you think about typically how long it takes for a company to catch, if they do catch or remediate, you're, you're looking at months. So yeah. it, this happens every single day. All right. So this question I really like, and it's uh, MSPs. They're uh, lying in bed at night. They're, they've got insomnia. What, what's keeping them up right now? Yeah, there's maybe three or four I'll touch on. And, and this is consistent if you look at whether it's the data survey, the ConnectWest survey, stuff that you've looked at and stuff that we've looked at. It's pretty consistent. And top of the list, I would say for sure, is cybersecurity and really the risk for their clients. And if you peel that back, the concern is either that the client doesn't get it, they don't validate the risk, so therefore they're not investing in the right security appliances, or the MSP isn't comfortable with how to propose offers and implement them. They don't have the right skill set. But the general risk of, hey, I know my customer is going to get hacked, and I, where am I liable? You know, are they going to come after me if it comes to a financial impact? That's definitely number one. Uh, the second thing is kind of aligned to that. It's the work-life balance. So how do you balance the chaotic craziness of the day-to-day and get more efficiencies in your day? How do I direct my people to more profitable, more forward-looking projects than just break fix on, on a daily basis? So it, it really looks to what are the tools? What are the resources? How do I scale and work smarter and adapt to the way the market's asking 
to engage versus the way I've been doing things. And then the next two really look at similar of hiring good people. You know, there's been a massive gap in skill set in the cyberspace and MSPs, and that continues to be one of the biggest issues. Um, so that you're seeing a lot of MSPs partner with other MSPs. In most cases, you can't do everything. So find a partnership that works for you to fill those gaps. And then finally, profitability, uh, which is always one. It's, yes, I want to retain new customers because we all know we're comfortable with who we have and we don't know what to do when it comes to getting somebody new. But we got to increase our profitability and the yield, really, of the customers we are serving, which really means looking at new services and really more managed services, not just more product. So I would say those are the three or four key things that jump out, and they're, they're pretty consistent every year. All right. So before I let you go, Craig, uh, I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, just in general, Ingram Micro, your cloud platform. What's uh, what's new out there about uh, the company that uh, our audience needs to know? Thanks, Craig. We continue to invest big in our cloud platform and we continue to really expand the uh, what it can do around what the MSP really requires. If you think of those needs and the MSPs kind of keep them up at night, that's where we focus our time and energy. So we continue to invest in our integrations with PSA tools. So for ConnectWise, we have a full end-to-end integration. And I'm, I'm pretty sure ConnectWise is the largest PSA tool that your, your clientele is using today. And they're the largest in, in the Americas, at least. We continue to make it easy for a partner to plug in their back end. So when it comes to procurement, that should be the easy part, right? How do you connect it back into your billing platform, your, your RMM tool, or any of your CRM or Dynamics instances? So we have full connections to that to make sure that we work the way you want to work. We continue to expand our footprint you know, globally, but also within the key selling spaces. So in cyber, we're having uh, discussions with all the up-and-coming vendors to see who do we think is going to be the right one and how do we go to market better. And then finally, we continue to make more acquisitions to really extend what the platform can do. So we acquired our own PSA tool called Harmony PSA, and we're making those integrations within our platform today. And we've already launched uh, that PSA tool in a couple markets like the UK. So really, the, all of our investments in time and energy are directed toward those pain points that the partners are experiencing to go above and beyond just selling a SKU and really solving for their day-to-day core needs. And then the SKUs are just, it's just part of the procurement process, but everything else is really where we spend our time and energy. Craig, great to catch up with you today. Uh, any last words for any of the MSP 501ers uh, in our audience today? You know, I'd say one, one big thing is focus. Um, if, if you look at the data today, what the customers are saying is they're looking to change their MSP because they don't have confidence the current provider can can adequately protect them in a cyber perspective. I think the stats are about 70% are looking, customers are looking for new MSP. So the, the takeaway I will say is focus, you know, focus on what are you actually talking about, who you're talking to and how frequent. It shouldn't be a QBR. It should be a regular ongoing discussion. The second thing I would say is really plan your services around how an end user can consume them. So don't go all in at once with this massive change, space it over time. And then finally, the third thing is think about how you can engage and how your partner, your customers want to can consume your services. So make it as flexible as possible. Think about open MSAs where you don't have a long-term commitment. You earn their business every single month. And who you partner with to help make that happen. So with Ingram, it's all about how do we enable you to focus supplement your services to focus on higher profit, give you the right tools and resources, and give you the implementation guidelines to make sure that we can build new services for you and give you the tools to run your business in a much more effective and efficient manner. So focus, focus, focus. And uh, if you're not comfortable in cyber, give us a call. We'll help. Craig, absolutely great advice for uh, just about any partner in our listening audience, for sure. Thanks for your time today. And uh, we look forward to talking with you more over the course of the year about the MSP 501. Perfect. Thanks, Craig.
All right, there you have it, James. Uh, so much happening with distribution. We didn't even touch on some of the big M&A happening in that space. And uh, welcome back, by the way. Yeah, I know. I hope it was good. It sounded good. sounded great. I had a great time. Hope you all had a great time. But yeah, no, the M&A, what more can you say? This, this year has been crazy with M&A. It's absolutely exploding. More and more M&A getting announced each week, each day, both on the vendor side, you know, the distribution side, and the partner side. So it's happening all over the place. Are you done? I am. Okay. All right. So well, we've got a fun little thing we're going to do here in the second segment of our show. I got to thinking with the NFL releasing its schedule uh, just a couple of days ago and uh, the draft uh, being a couple of weeks behind us. It'd be fun to talk sports, but kind of relate it to technology in the channel. How does this sound to you? Ooh, I, I do enjoy a good metaphor. Yeah, so I guess you might say, I, I don't know if this is a game, so to speak. Uh, I, I guess I dip my toes into the game lab again just a, a bit, but uh, either way, we're going to have some fun with this one. How about it? Let's do it, Craig. Let's make oh. this happen. All right, so we're going to treat this like a, a sports draft. James and I are going to alternate here for four rounds, only we're going to be picking technology in the channel, and we're going to be building our team based on that. You know, we might take uh, one of the big hotshot technologies in the channel, and then later on we might take one that's sort of an up-and-comer, one that we think is going to gel on our team, uh, our team being the channel uh, going forward here in the next few years. Uh, so are you ready to go? I have the first pick here, and I don't know why, because usually the guy who loses the competition before referring to our generational clashes would get the first pick. But, you know, I set this up, so I'm going to take it. Funny how that works. No, no, no hard feelings here, brother. OK. All right. Here we go. With the first pick in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, Craig selects UCAP. This burgeoning technology was a standout in 2020. However, a lot of analysts say its ceiling is much higher than we thought, with market penetration estimates often putting it at lower than 20%. So if you're in it for a UCAS, the opportunities still there. <laughs> that was really good. I'm never going to be able to do that with yours. All right, so James, I feel like this is sort of the, we were talking about LeBron earlier. This is like the LeBron of this draft. It was a no-brainer for me. I mean, depending on which numbers you choose to consider, some put this market at $46 billion last year. Forecasts are for it to be around $140 billion in 2025. That's higher than some estimates I've seen, but everyone at least puts it in the tens of billions. We're probably looking at a 20 to 30% compound annual growth rate. You know, it was driven a lot by the pandemic, but it was hot before then. Companies needing to update their video conferencing abilities for more face-to-face -face communication. The massive uptake in UCAS uh, for mobile-first offers. You know, the list just goes on. Let's face it, the market was already growing rapidly before COVID set in. As you just mentioned, or as that analyst voice just mentioned, the market, particularly among SMBs, remains largely untapped. UCAS, the number one pick, come up on stage, get your picture taken. You're the you're the giant to this draft. You know, Craig, uh, I think you made the smart decision, didn't overthink it, and and you went with the the clear talent in the room. I think that's going to pay dividends. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, what you got? With the number two pick in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, Team Cool Kids select 
SD-WAN. Software-defined wide area networking is what analysts are calling a dual threat, bringing opportunities to both the telco and IT sides of the channel. For telecom agents, it's an opportunity to drive higher margins as bandwidth costs diminish and customers look to bring together disparate sources of connectivity using SD-WAN. For the MSPs, it's an opportunity to dip their toes into networking and add to their customer share. I like what you did there. The analysts, though, however, took took a break from that one. I just couldn't couldn't analyze it as well as you did my pick, so so I let that go. That was, that was oh, a good one. Happy, happy. Well, I, I appreciate that, Craig. I, I like what you did with the convergence there. That uh, that made it a very worthy second pick uh, to combine SD WAN, but also point out its its convergence. You had me sold. I like it. Just had to follow up your solid UCAS pick. This is where I think we could start have some having some contention. There could be a little bit of a smack talk going back and forth here from here on out. Yeah, is this uh Craig, is this a snake draft? Do I get the next pick? What's the deal here? No, absolutely not. <laughs> this is not fantasy football. Which I've won our league three years in a row anyway, so you, you should probably go with my, my rules here. What? What? You've won the league? I haven't <laughs> heard about that before. You never talk about that. I've never mentioned that. You know, I I, I should probably. You know, you're usually looking up at me in the standings. I think that's probably why you forgot. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. With the number three pick in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, Craig selects security and specifically identity and access management. For the businesses that want to build for the future, you have got to protect your assets. And that means bringing in security to ensure that the operations that you want to do are safe, that the data you want to work on is safe. And so you have to protect your blind side. Wow, you're really good at that. Have you thought of working for some sort of channel analyst firm? I mean, we have friends. I'm good at metaphors, Craig. That's that's where the bus stops for me. That's your strength, all right. So I feel like this is the Kevin Durant now of the draft. I feel like I, I put one over on you here. The cloud's playing a big role with identity and access management. It's really flourished during the pandemic. A McKinsey and Company, for one, uh, points out how CISOs at medium-sized companies are prioritizing managing privileged access and identity governance solutions that integrate with security information and event management tools and with advanced security analytics to save time and money. Then you'll look at markets and markets. Another forecast for you, James. They say to look for nearly a 15% annual growth rate between now and 2025. So not as big as UCAS, but still really nice growth if you're looking for a sub-segment of security. I love it, Craig. Okay, for the fourth pick in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, team people that are cooler than Craig's team, select contact center mel you know i like the pick it's clear that customer experience is the the trend in business technology people are aware that uh, it's more important than ever that customers have a good experience and so our customers in the channel are looking for ways to build business outcomes and this is where contact center technology is playing a big role nice i I gotta respect that contact center is red hot it was a good good solid pick thanks i mean you took ucas and this is is a close cousin a close cousin. I, I, I feel like you kind of uh, played off of that, uh, maybe unfairly, but who knows? Uh, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> with the fifth pick in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, 
Team Craig, whose team is really better than James's team, selects Edge Computing. Ooh. So what do you not get with this draft pick? He's really come into his own over the past few years. Edge Computing gives you speed, added security, scalability, reliability. You know, I feel as if everyone's talking about edge computing, but here's another one, James, you just let slip through your fingers. I'm building a team of all-stars here. Edge computing works hand-in-hand with the burgeoning IoT market and taking data processing to the next level. And I got to hit you with yet another Kager, C-A-G-R. You can't spell Craig without C-A-G-R in (laughs) weird order. 37% between now and 2027 says million insights. Edge computing, buddy. It's hot. And it's going to be The old Kagermeister. <laughs> no, Craig, that is solid. And the analyst in me tells me, like, if you want to succeed in this industry, you have got to set the edge. That was my analyst comment that that was lacking. But yeah, there you go. Defend the edge. You got to play defense. You have to. Okay. Moving on to with the pick number five in the 2021 channel no, technology. This is the, the sixth pick. Uh, <laughs> With the pick number six, the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, Team Detroit vs. Everyone selects Remote Access. This is a speculative pick, Mel. It's a question of what is hybrid work going to look like in the in the upcoming year and, and years. Are we going to go all the way back to work uh, in the office, or are we going to stay in distributed workforces? And uh, lots of the analysts are predicting that we are going to stay in a hybrid form. And so... Users are, are going to need all kinds of help connecting into their corporate network and providers are ensuring that they have the connectivity that they need to work from home. Oh, that was solid. So you keep referencing Mel, then are you, if you're talking about Mel Kuyper, are you the Todd McShay of this draft? Is that what's going on here? Honestly, I imagined it being Mel Kuyper talking to himself. Oh. That's <laughs> the only person I can think of, but, but I'll go with that, yeah. Well, he has plenty of insight to go around for uh, two people, so uh, absolutely. No shame there. Thank you. Okay, we're down to our last round here, our fourth round. We could take so many rounds, but uh, this is going to be it uh, to save us uh, some time and and our listeners some punishment. Um, (laughs) With the seventh pick in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, Team Craig selects Automation. Ooh, this is the gift that keeps on... Giving automation ensures that the sales process is more timely for business outcomes and ultimately saves money. And that's what customers are looking for, Mel. Well done. Well done. And you you took some of my thunder here. Uh, First of all, a tip of the hat to our our friend Jay McBain of Forrester. And yes, I am, again, trying to get us on next year's uh, top podcast list. He listed what he calls channel process automation among his big trends for 2021. He's talking about the business thinking here behind moving away from human-led processes and discovering things like robotic process automation to drive that business efficiency you were just talking about. Now, businesses always want to be more efficient and save money, of course. RPA can increase productivity, security, enhance accuracy, and improve analytics capabilities, just to name a few. Uh, This is also something that Digi, our digital services robot mascot of this podcast, knows well. I mean, it's, it's what he does, right? All things that businesses are going to be coming to their trusted advisors for soon if they haven't already. So partner businesses get educated on RPA sooner than later. Me, I'm 
typically more educated on a good IPA, but uh, RPA is pretty important too. That's totally fair. A little too hoppy for me, but uh, <laughs> but I respect it. With pick number eight in the 2021 Channel Technology Draft, Team James select IoT device monitoring. Oh. This, Mel, is a pick for the future. This is all about a prediction of what 5G and improved wireless connectivity is going to do, that it's going to lead to a proliferation of devices that are going to lead to more shadow IT and more costs. And and the organizations that are on top of this trend are going to be looking for ways to get visibility of the devices on their network. Very nicely done. Very, very nice. That was, uh, I I respect all of your picks. I don't think they were as good as mine. Now, if I was going, if we were doing a fifth round, uh, I would naturally select 6G and Super IoT just to one-up you. You're just like that, you know. But I'm cut, but, I'm cut I mean, What can I say? Yeah, you're good at games. <laughs> All right, so that was that was fun. Uh, good, good stuff there, my friend. Yeah. yeah, and some services there that we mentioned, they're going to land in a lot of MSP wheelhouses, which makes for good timing for our next guest. And now I am going to take another break, Craig. Ah, oh, jeez. It's like, uh, is this a millennial thing or is it just you feeling lazy today? Well, we work very sporadically. (laughs) Uh, Well, in fact, we're both going to sit this one out uh, so we can showcase MSP 501 editor Allison Francis and one of our big MSP 501 winners from 2020, Paco LeBron of Prodigy Techs. Uh, You might say this interview with Mr. Paco LeBron is a slam dunk. Ooh, no doubt an alley-oop, Craig, as we lob the ball up to Allison. Ah, man, those were just awful. Uh, Well, we want to thank Allison for fighting her way through a cold on this interview, especially considered that I sat out both interviews today while, you know, feeling pretty good. So props. (laughs) Yeah, she's sick and doing an interview and you're sitting them both out. Oh, well, so it goes. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Allison Francis. I am editor with Channel Futures, and I have the pleasure of being here today with uh, Paco LeBron of Prodigy Techs. And we're going to talk a little bit. um, Actually, they were number four on our MSP 501 list last year. So I wanted to get Paco to talk a little bit about, you know, his company, some of the, you know, the pivots maybe they had to go through in 2020 and uh, kind of look to see what's ahead. You know, what are you seeing in the industry? How does that affect you? And, you know, just kind of what do you see moving forward? And I have to apologize for my voice. I'm just (laughs) getting over a cold. So I sound a little bit (laughs) like a squeaky toy right now, but I'll turn it over to Paco. I'll let you do most of the talking here. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself and um, tell us a little about little bit about your company sure absolutely and i think you know Allison, you sound fine as it is you know, <laughs> uh, the audio is definitely coming through so i don't think Great. we have a uh, an issue here but yeah uh, my name again is paco lebron i am a msp managed service provider based out of chicago we have been in business for a little over eight years and really just you know the key clients or, or small businesses that we attend to are usually more on the smaller front probably about 20 users or less that we help scale and typically in the legal and manufacturing space however you know as with that size there's always uh small businesses that are readily looking for it help and it'll kind of talk more about that later on as you mentioned kind of like the trends and and such that we've seen but you know 2020 has been definitely 
was an interesting year. Um, we, you know, we did have to make a couple changes. And as unfortunate as what happened in 2020 was actually one of our better years. Interesting. Um, just on an on efficiency and an operation uh, standpoint. At, before then, I was a one uh, small business owner, uh, one person solopreneur, whatever titles you uh, <laughs> put in that realm up until February. And then what we saw was, you know, the typical everyone needed to work from home. But what did that really mean for us as our future? What were we going to anchor in? Um, and we really just really dived into the Microsoft 365 suite, but specifically more on uh, Microsoft Teams. And, you know, we really saw that Microsoft Teams is going to end up being the new outlook where everyone just kind of needs that software no matter where they are. And how do we tie into that? Right. Because communication was such a big piece, but collaboration was the other that was really missing. And how do you work on that? So we did a lot of, you know, the, the quote unquote digital transformation. We ended up moving a lot of people from their on-premise or on-premise mindset of work. We put a lot of them on SharePoint, OneDrive, helps uh, solidify that. And then for those that were really trying to figure out, you know, how to reduce costs, because for us, we really focus on what we like to call the holy trinity of sales. It's a business is always trying to figure out how to make more money, increase their revenue, reduce their cost, or expand their market share. And really our goal has always been reduce your cost by making you more efficient. And that seems to have been our go-to-market plan very successful over the last few years, especially with a small company size that I had mentioned before. Mm. So for those looking, you know, that had analog phones, let's switch you to Microsoft Business Voice because you are already on Microsoft Teams and things of that nature. So that's really where we saw a lot of our pivot was really leveraging Microsoft, really leveraging our vendor distributor Pax8 and really understanding more of an education piece mm. and also understanding that what can we do as an uh, as our own and, and the reason why i say we is because because as i mentioned as unfortunate as 2020 happened was really a great opportunity for us to onboard employees so i grew from one person to five people by the end of 2020 and it just was again helping fill a lot of those areas that i kind of was wearing all these hats or mm. spinning all the plates if you will sure. so you know got the office manager got our remote tech got our on-site guy going we had you know now we needed some hr we needed to get uh sales to help with the um onboarding more of like attracting those clients because you know i was always really great at closing just making the time to kind of scale and grow the business. So really that's cool. kind of where we had grew at that piece and what we've seen and just that trend of that digital transformation. But I think we even uh, saw something else during that time, which was a lot of the M&A, the merger and acquisitions of, in the space. And, you know, it's very interesting on that topic, right? Not Allison? Totally. Because a lot of my peers will feel two different ways. It's either one, they are excited because there's an opportunity to really find value in their business. Maybe they're looking to sell or they're trying to look attractive so that they can go ahead and gain some type of efficiency, value increased by combining, merging, or just being acquired. But then there's the other side where a lot of uh, MSPs, managed service providers, are really concerned about, are these bigger guys going to take my clients? Are they going to take, are they going to take the landscape of opportunity from me right. um, in my business? For me, I actually look at it in a third way. And I kind of spoke about this in one of the articles that we had wrote about, and it's really the opportunity of understanding 
what does that mean for merger and acquisitions, right? Yeah. And for all those that have either spoke with prospects or have spoke with other bigger MSPs that have done merging and acquisitions, you run into a couple problems or issues that you can also look as opportunities. One of them being, like that. whereas as you're going through a merger and acquisition, there are going to be clients that are loyal to the previous business and they're willing to stick it out. But sometimes they'll sense such a drastic change in the service that they have been so used to. And a lot of clients don't like change. So when change is pushed upon them, they try to control that change as much as possible, which oftentimes they like to shop around. Yeah. You know, depending on contracts, depending on what's going on for their for their business, but they want to kind of see what's out there. And that's really where we've succeeded, both on helping another bigger MSP help with an acquisition on their side for some of the lower kind of clients. And then also from speaking with prospects who are leaving MSPs that were part of a merger and acquisition, but they felt they just were not getting the quality of support that they used to have before. So we've seen both ways, right? And I think the biggest piece for that for us is, you know, as much as everyone either loves or hates M&A, yeah. there's usually one side or the other that they try to stand on. Sure. Um, but for us, we kind of just, it's a bad term, but it's low hanging fruit, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the ability of helping a small <laughs> business, especially in our area where we are in the West Loop, where there was a lot of development pre-COVID. Um, we knew a lot of small businesses were gonna gravitate toward this area. So this is even more on where if you are considering being acquired or you're kind of worried of what does that landscape means. And of course, I'm talking about the MSP space. Uh, I mean, the vendor space is obviously a whole different uh, avenue that we all have to kind of uh, battle or struggle with as well. Um, But for more on the managed service provider side, I really feel that this is a big opportunity for a lot of us to really understand that, you know, merger and acquisitions don't go very smoothly at times. I mean, it will eventually get there. I mean, it's just growing pains, right? Oh, oh, yeah. And it's exploding. I mean, that's there's so much of it happening. Exactly. And it's just one of those where, you know, you just got to make the best out of, you know, a a situation. It's like, you know, that one phrase where there's chaos, you know, there's opportunity. And it's one of those where, you know, we are in chaotic times during these the last year and a half. So that's how we've kind of looked at it. And it's been really positive for our front. And just again, pivoting to what's next on really Microsoft Teams has really been the concentration of it all. And how do we become not only fluent in discussing on it, but what are the new things coming out, such as like Microsoft Viva and things like that for a lot of like mental health and things of that nature, because the more stickier you can get with a client, obviously the more engaged you'll get as well. Absolutely. Wow. Well, so you actually, you touched on a couple things I was going to bring up. So M&A obviously is, you know, a big one. Um, and it's really interesting to hear kind of what your role is in that. You know, it's it's everyone's different. Like you said, you know, we've gotten I've done several pieces actually on on this. And, you know, it's it just seems like one is happening every day. And, yeah. you know, we did a, a just a gallery in terms of like, well, what are your thoughts on this? And yeah, it was on opposite sides of the fence. You know, some people were you know worried about like, well, the big guys are getting too big. Others were excited about the opportunity. So it's interesting to kind of hear, you know, what your role is in that. Do you think that is going to continue? I mean, do you think it's going to slow down? Do you think like the advent of different things is going to have it? I mean, you know, there's different technologies and stuff coming out every day. You know, we've got edge computing, you know, kind of rearing its head more and more. So I guess considering that and kind of how you see the market going, what do you think is going to happen, I guess, in the next year, five years? 
I, I think M&A is definitely a growing at a growing speed. I think that um, we're not going to see it kind of go away anytime soon. However, you know, with any type of bubble per se, it's eventually going to pop. Right. And then yep. what do you see afterwards? Right. Um, is it going to be just the big guys that are all in gals that are kind of there mm-hmm. um, and, and, and those are your go to's or will there be regulations? And there's you know, that's a big discussion nowadays, not only yes. just on how to regulate us as MSPs and MSSPs, but really on what's the next step of that regulation. Because if you hear there's a host uh, uh, that I listen to quite a bit, Dave, David Sobel. He mentions a lot of that MSP regulation. He's really brought it to the forefront on making all the MSPs know about what's going on. Louisiana being one of those states that implemented, you know, sure. if you're doing any business with the state, you have to be registered. So a lot of that is going to grow. So I have a feeling that as these merger and acquisitions get bigger or more companies kind of fold into the umbrella, there's definitely going to be definitely some challenges for them as they go along. As long as there's an idea of what's going to be profitable for yeah. merger and acquisitions, because you, you you have two fronts, right? You have those MSPs that are acquiring other MSPs with some type of funding, or there are the private equity that are acquiring right. managed service providers as well. Right. So on the private equity side, we all know that it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of time for a turntable. They're looking for profit. They're looking to make the most out of their investment. And from my experience, it's usually three to five years. So I would say in the next year to five years, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of the same um, there's definitely going to be some creative outlets and outputs from both sides of the fence. Yeah. Um, after that five years, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, did we all think that we were going to have this transformation five years ago, let alone 18 months ago? Totally. So you, you just never know. But I think the trend will continue. And as far as where it's going to go after that, I do think <laughs> regulations will definitely be uh, a big piece of that as the growing happens. Well said. And it's, again, you know, considering your role in all of that, it'll be interesting to see how your company kind of grows and evolves along with that. You can only prepare for so much, but you just have to prepare for the unknown. And as hard as that is, you just have to hopefully make the right bets and kind of go from there. I know a lot of MSPs won making some of those bets last year. And a lot of them, you know, unfortunately lost just because, you know, they were in such a blue ocean industry that unfortunately got affected the past 18 months. So, yeah, like I said, it's just you you just kind of have to see where the wind is going, is blowing and where the tide is hitting so that you can just make sure you hit at least somewhat on the right mark. So you just don't come out too fully on the opposite side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting wave to ride. We'll put it that way. That is for sure. Well, Paco, again, thank you so much for speaking with me today. This was really interesting. Any parting thoughts, anything about the MSP 501 this year you want to mention? For those that have not applied, definitely apply. I think you have until the end of this month. I mean, it's a great opportunity to join community. And I think that word has been very, I would not say overused, but it has been definitely repeated quite a bit. And Channel Futures and and, and being part of the MSP 501 just to apply and understand the community you're joining joining is so much powerful. It's very impactful. I know you all are doing quite a bit of different things over there, but that list just shows, you know, I think what a lot of people need to understand is that that list is not so much for accolades, but to understand your other peers that you can help and learn 100%. from, right? I think, you know, for us, we applied for the first time last year and, you know, we we ranked number four to our uh, to our shocking uh, dismay, but we appreciated the the opportunity because it allowed us to give back more in other avenues and other communities that I'm a part of. But I really suggest for you to apply. It really will help 
not only just on what you can do for your image, but the community you will belong to. And it's just something to really think about. Um, and as we get into in-person shows, and I think the next one is in November 1st in Vegas, another great opportunity to rub elbows or uh, touch elbows because you can't really press the flesh nowadays. Right. But it's really an opportunity to really gain that community aspect of it with other similar peers. And the biggest piece for at least that I will leave is it's all great to meet with other peers because sometimes we don't have that. But it's also important to reap, to meet other MSPs or other IT business owners that may be much bigger than you, different mindset, different trajectory, and really listen to them. You know, I think uh, Juan Fernandez is a very good friend of mine that we just recently started speaking a lot, and I got a lot of great information from him. It's great to see those people where you want to be and Absolutely. understanding those traits and how it can work for yourself because one size does not fit all. And I think it's a very big opportunity to just listen, learn, and if you're in that mindset of always learning, um, it's a great opportunity. So definitely apply, take a look, get involved. I, that's really what I would leave you for today. And then, you know, be on the forefront of what information that Channel Futures finds out for us to kind of take advantage of. Absolutely. Well said. And thank you. Thank you so much. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Paco, thank you so much for, for you know, again, speaking with me today. Um, absolute pleasure. Good luck with everything, you know, the rest of this year. And hopefully we'll see you live in November. Absolutely. All right. So really enjoyed uh, that discussion between Allison and Paco James. Uh, the 501, really excited about it. I'm glad we could showcase it in this podcast and was really excited to hear about uh, some of the things Paco had to say about uh, his business and, and the trends that we're looking at for MSBs here the rest of the year. Yeah, and I'm really excited for the data that we're going to generate on this next five, uh, MSP 501 yeah. report. I think it's going to be very illuminating. I think uh, I'm very excited to, to gleam uh, from that. And a big thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Ingram Micro. Ingram Micro is a proud sponsor of the Channel Futures MSP 501, the best and most comprehensive survey and ranking of managed service providers worldwide. Now, just a reminder, the deadline for MSB 501 application submissions is coming up rapidly. It's May 24th. Again, we're trying to get the list out tentatively right now, looking at the last week of June. But the most important thing for all of you listening, May 24th, get working on those applications. They do take some time, and we want you to be able to be on this prestigious list this year. Yeah, get in there, you hooligans. Okay, we close again, of course, with the song from... 1995 because this is the 95th episode of the podcast if you'd like to check out the archive of coffee with craig and james go anywhere you get your podcast of course you can always check us out where james on our flagship channelfutures.com thanks so much for joining us everybody we hope to catch you again next time Bye, everyone. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches.